This week we're talking about the imperfect family and today specifically about favoritism. So who's the favorite in your house? Is it you? <laughs> I, I, when I was growing up, I was blessed to grow up in a house with very little perceived favoritism from my mom and dad to any individual child. Even if I would try to convince my mom to say that I was her favorite, she would just kiss me on the forehead and say, you are my favorite David George Scharf. Okay, I guess I'll take it. Uh, but it, but even in my house, it was impossible for my parents to, um, to avoid all perception of favoritism. If my siblings are watching this, we know who the charmed child is. I'm not going to say the name. Uh, but for the parents watching this, I guess I'd encourage you to ask yourselves, how are you doing in this area? Uh, do you unintentionally show favoritism to one child over another? I mean, the tough thing is, is that each child we need to treat as an individual, and it's difficult for a child to understand that different treatment doesn't necessarily mean favoritism. But you know what? Sometimes it is favoritism, even if we don't like to look at it in those terms. Yesterday, we saw how Jacob had deceived his father Isaac and, and, and stole the birthright blessing. Um, well, eventually, in time, Jacob was blessed with a huge family. Uh, he had 12 sons, but he doted on the 11th son because that 11th son, Joseph, was the firstborn son of his favorite wife, Rachel. Are you seeing a little problem with Jacob's personality? So when Joseph was about 17 years old, uh, Jacob decided to buy him a richly ornamented robe. Uh, the kind that foremen would wear. In other words, um, his father was saying, you're no longer going to be a grunt worker in the field. Um, you're going to be in charge. Now, none of his other brothers received a robe like that. How do you think that made them feel? Uh, tomorrow, we're going to talk about the green-headed monster of envy. Uh, but for, day, for today, how do we avoid giving the impression of favoritism to people? Well, how did our Savior? Jesus came into this world looking for someone. He was looking to call to himself the rich person as well as the poor. He was looking to, to, to correct the self-righteous Pharisee as well as the common sinner. And do you see what I'm getting at? Jesus came looking just for the world and therefore just for you. And what Jesus did for you by dying on the cross, he did not just for you, but also for the world. And so every person in our lives is individually special to God. Yes, you are special to God and, and taking nothing away from that relationship, we also understand that each person is precious in God's sight. And so treat every person in your life, especially parents to children, as the special object of your love and people will not think that you play favorites. Instead, they'll know that you love them as much as they can be loved. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, thank you for loving me as well as the whole world. Teach me through that all-encompassing love to reflect that in my relationships with others. Amen. Hey everyone, Pastor Mike here from Time of Grace. Hey, thanks so much for taking your time to listen to this message. We would love so many other people to hear about this message too. So if you could think of someone in your mind right now that could use this, we would love for you just to take a moment and share it. Um, that's essentially how people hear the good news of Jesus, believe it, and find eternal life in his name. Thanks for sharing and have a great day.